0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Success Quest. This is the podcast where we learn about success in all of its different areas. We believe that success isn't just financial, but that you can have success in a lot of areas in your life. And I'm really excited for today's episode because I have Shlomo Solson with me. How are you doing today, Shlomo? I mean, I'm fantastic, man. It's, it's been a pretty busy and fun week, I would say. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to hear it. And we actually just chatted a little bit before we pressed record. And I'm, I'm just super excited to dive into this because I think that it's a perfect area of success. And Shlomo is actually a, he's the founder of Teenage Impact. And he talks with younger people and teaches them to overcome struggles and how to public speak. And I think that that's a perfect fit for our podcast. So I'm super excited about it. Mm -hmm. Me, Me too, man. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's kind of just dive right into it. What got you started thinking about younger people and teenagers specifically? Good question. You know, when I was younger, English wasn't my first language. I went to speech therapy
1: class for about seven years. I was bullied for 15 years on how I spoke. And year after year, I didn't tell anyone and I just put up with it because I was afraid of telling anyone. I thought I could handle it on my own or just put up with it or things would just eventually get better. And so year after year went by, my confidence got lower and lower and lower, and I just didn't speak in groups. I thought I was the only one with problems. As I grew older, I realized a lot of people have problems. At 22 years old, I decided I wanted to become a motivational speaker because people used to pick on me the first 15 seconds of giving a presentation when I was... In a group, people would pick on me anytime I even open my mouth. So I decided, you know what? I don't want the same things happening to other teenagers. Or if it is happening to other teenagers, what can I do to help? I started testing out giving speeches and inspiring other people. And I started speaking in different schools. I realized I liked it. And after having some programs and seeing the results from these kids after several weeks, I decided it's the path I really want to take, and I and I, I used to I used to think people used to tell me, "Should I focus on speaking to adults first, make money, and <laughs> then go to kids?" But then I I was doing that, and I realized I wasn't fulfilled in many areas of my life, and they always brought me back to helping teenagers, and that's how Teenage Impact came about.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's a really interesting point, because generally speaking, a teenager doesn't have a whole lot of money, right? And they can't really afford to pay very much. And mm-hmm. so from a purely Absolutely. business standpoint, it's not necessarily the best target market in the world. Um, but it mm-hmm. seems like, to you, success is more about making an impact and impacting these teenagers than about the money. Is, is, that, is that correct?
1: Yes, but, I mean, I will correct this. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, there is no money in speaking to schools. In fact, there is. There is mm-hmm. a lot of successful youth speakers who make over a million dollars. You know, schools have budget for speaking engagements. People just don't know about it. Oh, interesting. And, and you can I, and I have made money doing public speaking programs. You know, the parents would usually pay for the programs, whatever I'm doing. Um, but I mean, you can make money faster going after businesses. You you have, I mean, once you show results and show that you're good, there is a possibility of you making money as a youth speaker.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I hadn't even thought about the, the idea of targeting schools. I think that's a, that's a really, really great point. And, and you mentioned the fact that one of the things that really inspired you to do this is the fact that you yourself were bullied and picked on and in, in, what can we do about that? I mean, let's put ourselves back into the shoes of those teenagers who might be experiencing that. What, what's your recommendations for them to get through a situation?
1: When I was younger, I remember putting up with it and I was a small kid, you know, going into the ninth grade, I was a hundred pounds, five foot two, smallest kid in class, skinny, and people would, you know, I wouldn't defend myself. And you know, my mom would tell me to defend myself. But sometimes I would come home with bruises, crying mm-hmm. to my parents. People use me as a punching bag. And I made the biggest mistake of begging my parents not to tell the teachers or the bus drivers because I didn't want to seem a snitch or, or I didn't want to be known as a softy, or I thought I would be beat up even more. Right. If I can go back and talk to my teenage self I would definitely open up to either my teacher, a bus driver, my principal, whoever it is, and confront. Actually, the first thing I would do is confront the person. Mm I have the guts to actually confront the person. Now, I have middle school friends that used to pick on me, and I'm still friends with them. And I used to hate it. But a lot of times, teenagers are going through their own struggle in life and bullying someone else is a way to cope with it. No excuse, but that's just reality. And so the other half of the time, they don't even realize the damage they could be causing you. Second thing I would do is not be afraid to remove those people from my life or minimize the interactions I have with them. I, I was always afraid that if I went ahead and found new friends, that I was going to lose all my friends and be lonely. But you may have a season of loneliness, but once you find the right group of people, Those are the people that will have your back no matter what. You can be yourself around. You won't feel insecure about. And the third option is telling adults and try to get them involved without actually harming the situation. Because adults Mm -hmm. are usually more experienced. They can talk to your teacher. They can talk to your bus driver. They can talk to whoever it is to try to get you to not interact with that person as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And I think that those tips are just as applicable to adults who might be in some sort of a toxic relationship, right? Even if it's, I mean, you think of a kid on a playground being bullied, but also adults, I mean, we have relationships that may not be benefiting us and we can distance ourselves from those people. We can not have as many interactions with them or confront Mm -hmm. them. I think that those are great tips for anyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. And so, Since you work with with kids and youth, I'm curious to know, what are some of the most common problems or struggles that you see people dealing with in today's world?
1: Mm -hmm. It opened my eyes. Yeah, I mean, there's several. I mean, when I see public speaking programs, even the most social kid, the loudest kid is afraid of public speaking. Hmm. And they're afraid that what the other person is going to say about them. From a public speaking program standpoint, It's just the fear of public speaking, the fear of being judged by someone else. But from the other standpoint, after doing 70 interviews, I just conducted my 70th interview today the past 13 months, and I realized after doing 70-plus interviews that people think about suicide a lot. And that's that's something I never considered as a kid, even though I went through 15 years of bullying. I mean... I have to give it to the fact that my parents care for me a lot and provide me with a lot of love. But I knew it was evidence, but I didn't realize it was that evidence. You know, people's parents are being divorced or people are having troubles in their grades or not feeling wanted. Or maybe they're having troubles in their relationships, a boyfriend, or girlfriend, whatever it is. Suicide is an option and they keep it in for a very long time. And I would say the best thing you can do if you ever have suicide ideation is to get help right away, to talk to your parents, to talk to a counselor, talk to someone, because they could get you the necessary help that they need. It's those open conversations that we miss out, that we think we're being a burden on someone else, but we're actually not. The people that actually care for you would want you to ask them for help.
0: Yeah. A thousand percent. I, I have a a relative in my life that, that has dealt with suicide ideation and those types of thoughts. And I mean, we didn't even know, but as soon as we did know, like everyone just loved them, you know, like it's not, I think, I think there's this fear that if people know, then they're going to hate me even more or not like me. And that's just not the case. Like every single person, in in this person's life, just reached out with love and wanted to be helpful and wanted to, wanted to help them in any way. And so definitely let someone know if that's something that you're struggling with, talk about it and people are just going to be there to support you.
1: According to CDC, the Centers of Disease control and prevention suicide is the second cause of death from ages 10 to 34. Wow. And there were nearly 50,000 suicides in 2018 in the United States. That is just crazy. So suicide uh-huh. is not just a problem going
0: on in the teenage generations going around with everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, just out of curiosity, what was the first one? If that was the second um, for teenage kids, I believe it was accidents, but I'll have to double check. That would make sense. Okay, and so what are your recommendations for those um, family members or caregivers or the people that interact with someone who might be dealing with suicidal thoughts? What's the best way to support someone who's in that situation? Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, the first thing you can do is get them the help that they need and not take it lightly. Especially, I know I'm, I'm Indian in the Indian culture and in the Asian culture is actually looked down upon to talk about mental health, mm-hmm. especially with the older generation. And when you bring up, oh, I'm sad or I'm depressed, people never say things like, oh, just suck it up. Or, you know, I, you know, it'll get better in the future. Don't say things that are obvious because someone who's thinking about suicide already knows, yeah, I should suck it up, which makes them feel even more guilty. Or they know that things will probably eventually get better. So saying things like that is not going to help. What you should do is be like, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually care for you. I will hate for you for something to happen for you. You mean a lot to me. Show them that you care. Because a lot of times people who think about suicide think that they are not wanted. So first thing is show them they're wanted. And the second thing is, get them a, a professional help that they need.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I think that that's, that's really important. And, um, I mean, here on success quest, we talk about being successful, but a huge mm-hmm. part of that is being emotionally successful, you know, like being able to Especially take care guys, of your mental too. health. Sorry, for, guys,
1: it's hard to, for guys, it's hard to open up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm lucky. I was born with, um, a lot of empathy because I was showing a lot of love. So I show—I feel like I show too much emotion sometimes. <laughs> but I guess it can never be a bad thing. I don't
0: know. No, I don't think it is. I mean, I think it's a strength, if anything, to be able to to be able to show emotion and to have empathy. Um, and yeah, I mean, emotional health is a huge part of success. Sometimes I think if that's if that's your struggle in life, if that's something that you're dealing with, success could just be getting through another day. You know. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes we think of, oh, in order to be successful, I have to make a million dollars or I have to build this super big business or, or have my dream job, but really success is relative. And I think each person has to think of, okay, what are my struggles? What are the things I'm dealing with and how can I overcome those and get past those? So, um, at the end of the day, I think that this is a huge part of it.
1: Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's okay to uh, strive to become a millionaire. But just know that if you're not happy before you're a millionaire, you're not going to be happy after you become a millionaire.
0: Amen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Cool. Um. So what are some of the, the biggest things that you've learned as you've worked with teenagers to try to help them reach their goals? How is it that people can, from a young age, become successful? Mm-hmm.
1: It's funny that you asked me that because when I was realizing after helping kids, I, when I was in middle school, since I was in middle school, I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I remember doing this homework assignment. They tell you what do you want to be in the future? Some person's a police officer. Some person's a doctor. You know, some person's a teacher. And I was just like looking up words. It's like, hmm. I, I saw the word entrepreneur. I'm like, what does that mean? And I picked that way. I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to own my own business. Uh And I was talking to one of my friends. He lives in Houston right now. But he said, Shlomo, even as a kid, you used to say, you know, this name is going to be worth millions one day. And I used to say that as a younger boy. But somewhere along the lines, I don't know what happened. I forgot about that dream. When people, I guess when I started seeing people saying be realistic you have to go get get to a good college get good grades get a good job um work 40 years and retire and there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle but it's if you have a lot of kids already know what they want they already have a dream they just Mm. don't know they just don't think it's possible because someone else says you should become this and so i lost that dream a while back and if i can go back and you know tell myself or anytime I tell younger kids in my programs, I have them set 15 to 20 year goals if failure wasn't an option. What do they want to do? And in every area of their life, from finances to career to recreational to finance to relationships to health, what exactly do you want to accomplish? Describe every single little detail in a paragraph. Write it all out. There's no one else judging you. Don't even judge yourself. Just write it exactly out. And then start working backwards. Uh, in 20 years, I want to do this. Okay, in five years, this is what it's going to take for me to help me get to my 20-year goal. Then in three years, and one year, it's going to help me get to my five-year goal. And then, you know, break it down by month, week, and day.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. And I think that that's an exercise, once again, that is applicable to anyone and everyone, no matter what level you are. I mean, if you're if you're a middle schooler or if you're a CEO of a multi-million dollar company, I think that creating a vision, right? Creating goals and being able to explain them. I, I like that you said writing out a paragraph because usually when I think of goals, it's like a bullet list, right? It's like, do this, yeah. do this, do this. But a paragraph forces me to think, what does that look like, you know? How do I describe it? And I, I think that that's super cool. It gets all
1: your senses out exactly exactly how
0: you picture it. Yeah. And then working backwards. Um, so basically, after you write down that goal and write out that paragraph, is it then writing out a plan of how to get there? Is that kind of the way that works?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, people would say... Your goals will change, which is completely fine. As you grow older, things do change. But that doesn't mean you should not work towards something. So you write down a plan of action. And you write a flexible plan of action. You know, it's, so for me, I mean, it depends with everyone. So for me, I want to become at 22 years old. I talked about speaking the big stages around the world, you know, speaking to a crowd of 20,000 people. Okay, what, what will it take for me to get there? All right, I need to speak at least in the area of people. What do I need to speak in the area of these people? I need to have a speech. Okay, I, I need to have a demo video. Okay, what do I need to do to have a demo video? I need to have a speech. I need to practice that speech. I need to give f- f- uh, free speeches everywhere. And and that's going to lead me to the spring engagements around the area, which is going to lead me to the state, the country, and eventually around the world.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that's a really great example of working backwards. I love it. Okay. Uh, So what, uh, what happens, though, when you get some sort of roadblock, which happens to all of us, right? Okay, so you've made your goals, you've created this plan, you've worked backwards, but then it doesn't work let's say one piece of your plan, maybe that, maybe you made the demo video, but nobody's watching it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's getting no views or nobody's coming to your website. I, I don't know, whatever the roadblock is, how do you then overcome those? I have gotten so
1: many roadblocks yeah. all the time. It, you know, throughout my life, is nothing but roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. I teach resiliency uh, with my kids and resiliency is your ability to overcome struggles in life. And a lot of times people try to, avoid failure but you know failure is bound to happen is actually in fact you should fail if you're not failing mm-hmm. you're not doing anything right but when those roadblocks do happen there's several things pivot just a little bit you know Tony Robbins has this golf swing analogy you know in order to hit the uh, the the ball right in you know, order to get a, a into the hole it's it's little shifts like with the golf swing or with your body just a very tiny centimeter can make a huge difference. So you, you make a little shift in what you're supposed to do. Or maybe it's another book you need to read that's going to give you a different perspective on what to do. Or maybe you need to hire a coach who's already done it and doing what you're trying to do. I've hired many coaches. I've spent over $30,000 on just personal development alone at such a young age because I know if I learn from the best, it gives me an advantage over other people on what they should do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's different things. Pivot just slightly. Increase your knowledge through books, videos, co- uh, coaches, programs. And eventually, you will find your way.
0: Yeah. Love it, man. That's awesome. So, let's, let's pivot a little bit in the conversation. And yeah. let's go into public speaking a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I think that public speaking is a skill Even if you're not, your goal isn't to be a professional public speaker, I think it's a skill that almost everyone should have. The ability Mm -hmm. to express themselves and be able to explain a thought that they're having. Uh, So what are your biggest tips to help people with public speaking?
1: I would say the biggest tip to help anyone to overcome public speaking is do it as much as possible. And people think, you know, I hate the free programs out there for public speaking because it gets you to read a book or they just follow that book and follow the guidelines on, and that's how they coach the people in in those classes or same with the public speaking classes at the universities. I don't like it because it's so rigid on what exactly what you should do. What I did in my early on in my career six, seven years ago, well, first thing is I joined Toastmasters. I got a couple mentors in Toastmasters who gave me honest feedback. I gave as many speeches as possible, even though I wasn't good. Even though I sometimes I got laughed at or people told me it was a horrible speech. I did anyways. I recorded myself each and every time. I watched myself and and I watched Other people, on how they speak, I observe the body language, I observe the vocal variety, I observe their message, and I see, okay, I really love the way this guy has his body language. How can I make mine just like his or her? Okay, I really like this person's message. How can I incorporate my message and make it as powerful as theirs? I do a lot of tweaking, small tweaking each and every time. It takes a lot of repetitive practice in order to do good.
0: I've given over 100, 200 presentations so far. Yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with the golf swing, right? It's just little things. It's little tweaking. And okay, just change this up a little or change that up a little. I love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and really, it's just practice, right? At the end of the day, you just got to put in the reps. You got to put in the practice. And
1: get mentors who will be completely honest with you. And tell you as it is, on what you should do better. Yeah, awesome. But not, I mean, not get everyone because when you get everyone involved, then you just get people's opinion. But you should really get people who exactly know what they're talking about, who's been there, who's coached a lot of people in public speaking.
0: Awesome. Okay, so you're actually coming out with a book. Super, super soon. Like by the time this podcast posts, it's probably going to be around that time since we're a couple of weeks yeah. out. Um, and this book is called Never Fight Alone. Tell us a little bit about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I said, when I did 70, I've you know, done 70 interviews. Never Fight Alone is going to be a compilation of 51 of those interviews. Uh-huh. How uh-huh. these people went through their struggle in their teenage years and how they were able to overcome them and improve their mental health. I've interviewed people who sexually abused at the age of six. I interviewed people who was illiterate. I interviewed people who was paralyzed from the waist down from one surgery. I interviewed someone, you know, things were going wrong in his life. He was addicted to drugs, alcohol. He got a drinking, driving accident, killed his friend, 23 years old, sentenced to 15 years in prison, got out after four years because he was making an impact and now has spoken to over 700 schools. I mean, stories like this, it's kind of like a chicken soup of the soul or Tim Ferriss' book, Travel Mentors. But it's a book that targets teens and parents about mental health and how people overcame their stories. I I love it.
0: That is such a good idea for a book, man. I think that's a really, really cool topic. Mm -hmm. I'd love to pick up a copy. In fact... I I will. And we'll make sure to throw a link in the show notes too. assuming we publish this episode around the same time. Um, September 15th is the release date, right? Absolutely. Yes. Hardcover and ebook. Awesome. And is it going to be on Amazon or where's the best place if somebody wants to go and find that book?
1: I would say Amazon. Um, Right now, as I'm recording this podcast is not on Amazon because it's not released. It it is on Barnes and Nobles and the ebook is in Walmart as well. But by the time, you know, summer 15 rolls around and it will be out on Amazon as well.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll definitely check it out and put the link in here Um, to, to kind of finish up. What does success mean to you? Success means to me,
1: I would say success to me means freedom to be able to financial freedom and freedom of time while doing something you love
0: Ooh, that's a good
1: one because a lot of times we are restricted we want to go on vacation we want to buy certain things maybe eventually when we have a family we want to get our kids into a good college or provide for the education provide for our family or maybe for ourselves it get, money provides us with freedom to do the things that we're not able to do i was brought up and I wouldn't say dirt poor household. We, we had a roof over our head, but I, I was brought up youngest of four. I had a me down. I never got really nice toys. We never lived a lavish lifestyle because, you know, both my parents worked. They were hard workers, but, you know, they weren't making good money to provide enough to travel the world or even travel the country that much. So number one, it's freedom of money. And the second one is freedom of time, the reason why I love entrepreneurship is because it gives you that freedom of time. You know, what? I, when I mean entrepreneurship, I don't mean a, a store owner because now you're trading time for money. Mm-hmm. If you're not managing the store, then you won't get paid. But as soon as you can automate some of the process, and now obviously you have to give a lot of time in the beginning to get there. but. The best vision for me is to automate that process so I have money flowing in. So I don't have to give as much time to get some extra money. And you don't have to be a millionaire in order for that to happen. Even making an extra two, $3,000 a month, just selling digital products or selling courses and having that automated for you can do much of a difference, even while you're working a nine to five job or an eight to five job.
0: Yeah. I love it. And mm-hmm. I really like how you, t- you talked about freedom and time. Uh, cause I've heard a lot of people say freedom. Like that's a, that's a pretty common answer. Um, and man, like having some time, having some freedom and being able to do the things you love. That's, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate goal, man. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, if people want to connect with you, um, obviously, uh, check out his podcast it's the teenage impact podcast mm-hmm. and it's teenageimpact.com where else can they find you if they want to reach out or connect on social media
1: sure um, my biggest avenue i'm active on i mean i'm on all social media platforms but instagram is my biggest platform okay. Salson, you can also look me up at teenageimpact.com basically everything is there from my blogs to my podcast to my book to my services and you can even download some of my free ebooks. I have 52 tips I wish someone told me in high school and 7 quick and easy ways
0: you can feel better about yourself. Awesome. Well, and I'll make sure to throw all of those in the show notes. So, thank you so much. I I learned so much and I'm I'm just passionate about what you're doing, man. I think you're really making a big difference in the world and I commend you for it. I appreciate I appreciate so much, brother. Thank you. No problem. Thank you.